Thank you for listening to this talk produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. of country and 
few people have their pocket looking really full um, in their life. So perhaps we'll walk around some of the work. And I said I'd start with Annabelle Nanda-Nanda. So when you're looking to the southern side, we have this work here, which is called large-scale woven crockery. And this work was one of her first works that entered um, the collection by this artist. And I think it entered the collection about 2008. But we have this stunning Yalkja, another woven sculpture right here on the other side, which was featured in Tynambu at the June Festival. Now, we've put the work in older work with this work so that you can see how this artist's making has changed over time. She not only uses this woven form to create sculpture rather than a craft, but she's also almost worked on her weaving and her dyeing techniques, and you see the shift of colour. Now, Annabelle Nandamanda is a Gunungu woman. She works in Nyinambuda, so top north in the northeast Arnhem Land. And with this work here, with the Yalkja, she's really looking at the ancestral story of the Yalkja, or as Highlander white people think, a mermaid. They are known for this sort of fish tail and human head. In this woven work, she has included two baby Yalkja in the belly, the pregnant Yalkja. And what she's speaking to here with this work is the deep story that is connected to the waterholes around a waterhole specific to her country and her husband's country. And it is a tale of, or a warning perhaps, for women who perhaps appear at the waterhole and may not be aware that they may fall pregnant with twins and frequently with daughters. But what this work also reminds us is the different stories that exist around these ancestral and spirit beings that exist on country. If you look to a work that's out of view here, but also by another artist from Manningrida, this time Lena Yarrick Kira, she's a Gune woman, and she has painted and woven as well a Layara spirit, so a ghost spirit, and four Yalkja, so four of these mermaid-like beings. Now, her story as a Gune woman is very different to that of, say, Annabelle Nandamanda. Here we have the Balant, or the Wayara spirit, that is a ghost spirit connected to her specific waterhole. And the guardians of this Wayara are these four Yalkja. You can see through the diversity of making as well how different their practices are in, in telling their story. From the woven pandanus to weaving with the, um, the bark, including feathers and other natural materials. So thinking also about this pregnant being of the Yalkja, there's this lovely woven figure here, which is a Nawali, a stingray. And this stingray is, has been made by Freya Bandaluma, who's now unfortunately deceased. But she's woven this stingray with two pregnant little babies. And she wove it with her two daughters, representing the two sisters and the mother. Now, what we see here is not only the importance of sharing stories through generations, i.e. passing down the story to 
world, but also the sharing of skill and craft across generations. Now, on the other side, on the, on, um, the southern side, I should say, we're going to go up to the Tiwi Islands. Now, we haven't frequently put out, I hope I haven't said it actually, but you probably remember those large-scale poles here called the Kitini, or sometimes called the Pukamani pole. Now, the Pukamani pole is a pole that is much like the Larrakit. Think back to those hollow log poles that you have seen in Gallery 1 from Arnhem Land. The Pukamani ceremony is also a mortuary ceremony. It is the last point in the mortuary cycle for the Tiwi people. These works here were included in Arnhem in 2019. I, I think that's great. We do one every year, so, you know, apologies. They all become a blur for us. But we have the Pukamani poles here from the Tiwi Islands, and in particular, this one is the one I want to talk about. And it's by the artist M. Wellapanui. He has passed away, so I won't talk for him. He has actually depicted within this pole the two first Tiwi figures, Waiwai, which is the woman, and Pelukukara, which is the male figure. And the first mortuary cycle occurred from the story that I'll tell you. So Pulukukali and Waiwai were together. One day Waiwai left and had a bit of a thing with somebody else, with the brother of Pulukukali. Unfortunately, she had her son with her and left him in the elements. And unfortunately, he passed away from the blazing heat. In response to this, Pulukukali created the first mortuary cycle as a celebration of her life and death. He also banished uh, the Nasalani, who was the other partner in the rift, to become the moon. So when Tiwi people see the moon, they are reminded of that cyclical nature of life and death. So this event heralded the first Pukamani ceremony. And as a response, with the passing of any person Tiwi descent, the last stage is to place one of these iron wicks carved sculptures into the ground. And it will slowly disintegrate into the earth, which reminds us again of that cyclical nature. If you have a look at this space, you'll see the two Waiwai and Pulukukali on both sides. And he's carved their faces so beautifully and intricately and placed coconut fibre to sort of symbolise that time. It's such a beautiful and honouring life and death, I think. And I think we as Westerners have a lot to learn from Aboriginal caretaking of a culture and our mortuary moving from the north, if we've done Northeast Island land, Tiwi, perhaps we'll go to the APY lands. And it's quite fresh for me, the APY lands, because we've just opened Kunka Kumpu, which is a travelling exhibition of APY women of birth, and we've just opened it at Nangula in Bowers in New South Wales. And I might click to this work because we have the privilege of travelling to Sandra Kamani. And Sandra Kamani is the daughter of the artist who is now passed, Kim Minara Kamani. And again, you may recognise her work in Kanambu, 
see the water holds a vampire and another um, discipline around the mastic or the witch master and it is plants and yellow ochre soil which is really important in Ulmer for neuroscientry research. This work you see has the beautiful rock holes here and the bold, bold colours and Kunamara Pani was really known as a colourist which I guess is a
Peter's the recipient of the Ted Church Award last year. So he's really achieved a lot very quickly. He's the custodian now of an area near Lake Baker, which is the capital of this church. And that custodianship was passed on to his father, who was also an artist. Here we see Mr. Timo not only paint the lake, but the one in which he draw the snake that is associated with that site, the Kapu Hanuka. He has also painted the old man that is associated with that geographical. And you'll see him there resplendent with his big, long beard. The story speaks of two men crossing that lake and then having to protect the Wainukai before passing through. What is really interesting about this painting is the use of the synthetic colours. And you'll see those brown tones. Timo is a masterful colourist in that those tones look like they've actually used earth colours and gone to appear here, like a kitchen island in NBC or Social WA. Now, what I think is really spectacular about this canvas is that not only is Timo talking to a group of artists associated with that section, but also to the importance of ownership of land. Now, the Cinefect people were successful in land rights passing acts through painting. So you've probably heard of the Yirrkala Bark Petition and so forth. For Timo Hogan, the elders of Lahore, they were successful in claiming the land through two larger bodies one by the man and one by the woman. And for artists working for the Cinefect Hill Project, this was important because they were pushed off their ancient land due to the mixing process that occurred. They were only just accurately returned to ownership. So I might leave it here and welcome you all to pop in and have a look at the display again and again. And just to remind you that we're going to keep to another exhibition that we open on Sunday. I like to say start with our own space and really immerse yourself in the research and play artist, first go to the artist and then go into gallery 